Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Hi there, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and this week, my guest is Dan Wintz. Um, this is a really great episode. It's an incredible story, uh, which Dan goes into um, to some degree of detail in, in the episode. Um, Dan is basically a mental health advocate, but a while back, he was running his own business. He was very successful. Um, things on the face of it were going very well for Dan, but he actually found himself on the roof of a hotel where he spent eight hours deliberating whether or not to jump off the edge. Um, but he didn't, um, and he has lived to tell the tale. And he now works, as I say, as a mental health advocate. He has his own business. He, he talks to individuals. Uh, he tries to campaign against ending the stigma surrounding mental illness and also tries to change corporate culture, which includes incorporating KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, around mental wellness. So he's got some fantastic ideas. We talk about things like breathing, the importance of physical exercise, the value of gratitude, and something I'm really interested in, the importance of social connections for being happy and healthy. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's, it's resonated with you, if you can think of anybody who would really benefit from this content, please share the episode. That's probably the greatest thing that you can do for us, is, is share the content with, with someone who really needs to hear it. But also, if you can jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show, we'll really appreciate that as well. That's it from me. Enjoy the show. Here's Dan Wintz. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Thank good, you. good. I'm looking forward to this. So. Uh, I imagine some people may have heard of you, some people may not have done. So do you mind kicking off with just introducing yourself? Give us a bit of your yeah. backstory as well, would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Dan Wintz and I'm a mental health advocate and a mental health trainer. And the reason I do what I do is I want to help end the stigma around mental health so that one day we can get to the point where you're at the coffee machine at work and you can say, I'm feeling a bit paranoid at the moment as easy as you can say oh I've had a terrible back these last few weeks that's that's one part to it and the other part is to what I'd really like is to get KPIs into the corporate world that um, look on mental health as important as physical health so there's actual so KPIs, KPIs that, sorry to interrupt, KPIs key performance indicators so people yeah, make, yeah, there's measurements yes. around it yeah okay yeah, absolutely. That's on, on a corporate level. And then also I just deal with anyone really because my tools that I see in a corporate environment are absolutely of value to anyone in, in any environment. But yeah, that, that's that, that's my my reason for being and, and, and the purpose of what I'm, I'm doing now. And I'm, I'm yeah. very, very passionate about it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into that. But I mean, before that, what's what's your backstory? Have you always been in interested in mental health as a, a vocation, as a passion or or has something happened to, to lead up to that? Yes. No, something quite drastic happened, actually. Um, so I, I studied happiness and uh, positive psychology and neuroscience for, for many, many years, probably 20 years ish years I sort of just did, did a lot of learnings around it just off of my own back and uh, because um, I wasn't very well but I think I didn't get better in, in that time so probably from about 15 years old till about I was I would say 35 40 I really started to turn a corner but my backstory really is where it all turned a corner for me if I can take you back to the year 
2011. Um, I was walking up a, a back staircase in a hotel. So the ones that the general public aren't allowed to go into, it's just a concrete well, um, concrete steps. Uh, it was, it was this time of year, it was a miserable day outside that we've, we've had recently just gray skies looking like it's going to rain, not much sunlight, horrible, horrible day. And this, uh, these stairs were in hotel in Stevenage, which isn't the most pleasant of places in, on a sunny day either. But, and I could just hear the, the, the clip clop of my heels of my shoes as I walked up these steps reverberating about around this 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 well this stairwell and I, and I and it was just reverberating around my head and I, and I just carried on to the top and I went through to a fire exit door and found myself on the roof of this hotel now this was early in the morning um, I wasn't staying in the hotel I just just went up there walked up and found myself on this roof on this dreadful day and I was in a dreadful place personally, professionally, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. Um, been through a, a, a lot of stuff. And that day I, I had, it was like there were two people on the top of that roof that day. I call them Keeper and Ender, Key and N. And I just, I spent eight hours on that roof. And on your it, own? On my own, but it was like a, an internal dialogue with Keeper and Ender. And Ender would say, you know, you've been suicidal for five or six years, you're, you're, you know, your life's a mess, you're, 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 you're severely mentally ill, um, you spend weeks on end in bed, you know, what's the point? There's no, there's no life, you're not having a life, you're, 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 you're dreary and, and um, just, just depressed and constantly tired from all the medication that I was on you're no good to anybody that was that was ender and then keeper on the other side would say it, it, it really the main focus that keeper the keepers dialogue was around was around my kids i've got two young boys and and they were about i suppose they were about six and nine at that 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 time and and all i wanted to to see was them grow up and see what they became and what they did and I wanted to see that so there was this internal dialogue going on all day around why I should keep myself here and why I should end being here um, obviously I'm still here and um, I st stayed on that roof till five o'clock went home to my wife who at the time um, you know thought I'd been out of work all day and this was a pattern for me. I used to go and I just used to sit in my van in a car park all day, do nothing. I had a, I had a very successful business, bizarrely, um, only because uh, uh, 10 years previous to that, I'd sort of worked it and built it to a stage where it sort of ran on its own. Yeah. I, I would go out at eight o'clock in the morning and I would just not even sleep. I would close my eyes and just sit in a car park for eight hours and then go back at five o'clock and not mention a word of this to my wife or my kids or, my family, or anybody, in mm. fact. So it was a very lonely and terrible existence, to be honest. But but what did it for me? What what after that that was my low lowest point. I had many low points. I should I should mention what what I had um, 
from a mental state was I had many diagnoses actually, but that the supposed that the most scary or in the public's eyes is I had schizophrenia, I had paranoid schizophrenia, and I used to have um, auditory hallucinations. Um, but I was also diagnosed with bipolar and various other bits and pieces. Okay. But the, the key thing for me was that okay, I talked myself into being around. But I thought, if I'm going to be around, what's the point from everybody else, and especially my kids, if I'm just a dad that's there seeing what's going on in their lives, if I'm this dad that is just comatose all the time and, and in bed and, and really not, not any use to anybody, there's, there's, there's still no really value in them for anybody else or my family or friends or anybody. So but there's, there's, a, there's a phrase, actually, which I think is useless and it's it's banded around quite a lot and it's knowledge is power and i totally disagree with that because i had 20 years of my own back watching videos reading books going to seminars talking to consultants um you name it i, I must have done over thirty thousand hours of learning on all this stuff on how to be happy but i wasn't mm. so knowledge isn't power knowledge is only power if you put it into action and and, and it, it, that sort of dawned on me a few months after that experience on the roof. And that's when I started putting some of my own systems and coping mechanisms and strategies and and, and, and habits, really, that's what they are, they're habits that I, I formed. And I then started taking action. And the, the, the amazing thing is, is that, you know, and a lot of us do this in life. We all know, for example, that if you eat well and you don't smoke, you don't drink a lot, you're going to be a healthier person, but a lot of people don't do that. We all know it. A lot of people don't do it. But I just started that action, what I already knew, and this system came out of that. And the results, Leanne, I can't tell you. I mean, I am, I still have it. I dip down every now and again. You know, life throws you curveballs and you can't help that and you will dip down. But, but now I'm so resilient that I bounce back so quickly. And the majority of my life now is, is filled with happiness. Hmm. I am energetic. I'm enthusiastic. I'm positive about the future. Um, I live a great life. And it's all down to not the knowledge. It's down to actually doing something with that knowledge. And I, I would say in the last probably two years, two or three years, I've really got to, I've really sort of dived in headfirst with this actionable um, habits on the knowledge that I have had and just sat on it. Knowledge is just dormant power. It's not power, it's dormant power. It's just, don't do anything with it. It's just, you know, you might as well just put it in the bin. There's, there's no point in knowing stuff. I guess it you... loads the gun, you've got to pull the trigger, haven't you? The Sorry? Loads, the knowledge loads the gun, you've got to pull the trigger. Um, yes. That's not the best analogy, but you, you take the point. I mean, the business, I... a few questions for you. Um, the business you were running at the time, was is that unrelated to, what type of business was it? I'm totally unrelated. So I ran a, I ran a gardening business. I had a, a quite a large team of guys working for me, and we looked after shopping centres, business parks on a commercial grounds maintenance, and we did some garden construction, tree surgery, and that sort of stuff. Right. So completely so I, unrelated. Yeah. Completely, completely unrelated. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, what what was the system? I think you mentioned you used the word system or the, the process that that helped you to to reconnect with yourself. What what what, what steps did you go through? Right. Well, it was just really condensing all the all the stuff that I'd learned and putting it into a very easy package that doesn't take that long either. And um, 
and working out a simple way of sort of understanding it and put it into practice. And it's called Begs and Grow. Um, and they're the- This is your system. This is my system that I just created um, you know, over the past year or so. I've sort of packaged it in the last year or so, but Begs and Grow system came out of all of those learnings and all those experiences I've, I've had. And it incorporates the four key pillars for health, I believe. In actual fact, th th there's eight, there's eight sort of subjects there. And, and the begs and the grow, each letter stands for something that you do in the system. So B is something that you do, E is something, and so on. So there's eight, eight things there. Um, the, the begs part of it, um, there's the, the first bit, the B, if we don't do this certain thing, for two or three minutes we'll just drop down dead so it's very very important and the last one um and actually and the g actually has actually been described by a guy at harvard who made who did a very very in-depth study on it for years and years and years and he describes it as the secret to life and the s in the begs part of my system has actually been proven scientifically that if you do this and you continue to do it, you, you will actually live longer. So it's quite profound. There's some real, you know, great, great benefits of doing this stuff. And I found that even just by doing 15 minutes a day of the begs part of my system, all it takes is 15 minutes. You can set aside that small amount of time that the benefits you see are so amazing. Mm. Um, so what does, it, what does it stand for? I guess B is breathing or breath work. B is breathing and yeah. breath work. Yes. And how my sort of what I because obviously I came from a business background and I sort of look at it like a profit and loss account. But this is breathe and loss, breath and loss. Mm. And what I what I get people to do and it literally takes less than a minute. As long as you do it once a day, this is to start with. This is to get people off and running and back onto, you know, a good, happy life. Um, is you take an account, like, like in a profit and loss account, you take an account of what's gone in, what's gone out. And with the, the, bre with the breathing and letting go, what you're doing is, is you're taking a, a nice deep breath in for four seconds, four or five seconds, just pause, and then a breath out for seven, eight, nine seconds, whatever you can manage. Do that for three or four times. And while you're doing that, you, I sort of go through my day and any negative stuff in my day, whether it was someone that cut me up on the road or someone said someone that really got to me, I think about it and I let it go. And it's just a release. And it's I liken it to uh, an empty glass. It's very hard because this isn't visual, but if you can imagine an empty glass is your mind or your brain. Over the day, thoughts and actions that aren't good for you as a person drip in there. So out Imagine the thoughts and the actions of words, uh, sorry, of water, and the water fills up. Now, if you were to hold that glass with the water full of all that negativity, with your with your arm outstretched, over time, if you just held that glass there, you would feel some aches and pains in your muscles in your arm, and the longer you held it there, the, the, the more pain you would get. Yeah. And I liken it to all you've got to do is think of each occasion and just let that thought out, let that bit of water out. And then eventually you're back with an empty glass, an empty, free, clear, positive mind. Mm. So it's a breathe and let go exercise with a very basic breathing technique, which is a simple one, which, you know, I mean, we can go a lot on, on my further courses. There's so much more stuff, but this is a basic 15 minute a day training. Yeah. Um, 
So, so B is for breathing. What do the other letters stand for? So E is is stands for something like we were saying earlier that you know a lot of us know things are good for us, but we just don't do it. And, and E is exercise. Yeah. And and I have, um, in actual fact, it's not mine totally, but I've sort of tweaked it a little bit. There was a club uh, produced an app um, called the Seven Minute Workout. So it only takes seven minutes. So who produced that? It was Harvard. They they produced an app. Yeah, and that rings a bell. What, what it was what it was based around was this. This was what they were trying to do. What they what they proved is that you know with this seven minute specific workout, you can get as much benefit from it as running for an hour on a treadmill. Now I've got different versions of it dependent on where you are in your physical fitness levels. Because this is for somebody you know that, that is maybe going to the gym a lot and they're they're trying to cut down the time they are in the gym. So. So seven minutes of exercise, you know, and if you're like I was 10, 20 years ago where you hadn't been out of bed for two weeks, you know, and it was an effort to, to get out of bed, or, you know, even if you just for seven minutes, get up and down and walk up and down the stairs, that's a start. It's just starting. A lot of the time, you know, it's just starting. Once you start, you obviously build on that. Yeah. So exercise is the E. Okay. Um, the, the, the G is... Um, like I said, this guy, and it was a very in-depth study, and um, an actual fact that I can't remember the name of the guy. And there was a, there was another famous financier in uh, America, and very very wealthy, and a lot of people were constantly coming to him saying, you know, can you tell me a, a get rich quick scheme? Mm. You know, what's the best get rich quick scheme? And his answer to that question was, I can't tell you what the best quick rich scheme is. But I can tell you that if you are grateful for stuff in your life, that is the quickest get rich scheme for happiness. Yeah. If you're grateful and create a culture and, a, and an attitude for gratitude, then you know your life will be so much better. Mm. So, so the G is for gratitude, and I have various exercises that I, that I teach about that very simple again take one to two minutes a day just to complete where you can get your your brain into a, a gratitude state and um you know we've evolved as as animals from millions of years ago where we've evolved it's ingrained in us to look for the negative you know to look for that werewolf around the cave it's just it's yeah, just part for the, for the threat, yeah. exactly so the really interesting thing is this is a 21 to 30 day program of the 15 minutes because what they've proven is that after 21 days if you constantly and repetitively do something you create a new neural pathway in your in your brain yeah. so you know if you do five or six days and miss a couple of days you've got to go back and then do 21 days yeah. on but so so for 21 days for example i i, I get clients to just at the end of the day think about three things they've been grateful for um and the great thing about that is that your brain can't differentiate from an actual event to a thought event so if you just think oh that was I, i'm really grateful that that happened today your brain will release the same chemicals and you know in your head to give you that that kick of that, those feel-good hormones mm -hmm. so there's a brilliant thing and what happens you know for me now personally i wake up in the morning and because I've been doing it for so long now, I've got what I call a gratitude brain. So the very first thing that goes through my head is I'm so grateful to be awake. And I automatically go into, you know, I mean, I'm more than three things now. I'm just constantly, my, my head is aware 
and it looks out for stuff and things that happen to in the day to be grateful for. Mm. So it's, it's ingrained in my brain. I've got a new neural pathway. And I, I, I have to say, I think he's right. It's the secret to life because you walk around in a state of, you can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time. So it's a, it's a wonderful skill to to train, and and all of these things are trainable, and all of these things are skills. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that you know things have to happen in your life to be happy. No, you know, you can train yourself to um, have a better quality of life. So that's. I think there's been quite a lot of scientific studies, haven't there, around gratitude and its effect on empathy. Uh, there are links to goal setting as well in the study that I, uh, which I will link to in the show notes. Um, but it's, I thought it's also something that you can just do spontaneously, can't you, throughout the day? Because I know some people struggle with the idea of doing the three gratitudes at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. But I, I had a moment on Saturday. We're training for a, a big event next year that requires us to, well, it's, it's the Arctic Circle Race. So it's uh, 160 kilometres on cross-country skis across the Arctic. And we're oh, training wow. in the local park on roller skis. And we'd had a good lesson. I looked up and the, the night was, was closing in. There's a blue hue in the sky silhouetting the trees few people still still around uh, it was just you know it was a real moment of gratitude and I Lovely. found that that um, just being really and then enjoying that moment not just glossing over yeah. it, sharing it enjoying it luxuriating in that moment yes. has worked better for me in terms of gratitude and, and changing my physiology than doing it at the end of the day for example where I found I was being a little bit glib you know all three things I want to get on with my book I'll put the cat yes yes son um, so it, it can be a spontaneous thing as well, can't it? it? Can, oh, absolutely, it can. Yes, and I, you know, I don't do it. I don't do it religiously at night, like yourself. It's just an ongoing thing for me now. Mm. In the day, I've just become. And you said something very interesting about how you held on to that feeling. And I talk about savouring in part of the, yeah. the, the my system because if you can, if you can consciously think, oh, I'm really grateful for that, and then savour the moment. That builds on the the synapses and the neurons that are firing in your head, and it and it just increases that that gratitude brain. So that's an important point. Yeah. 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 All right. And last one, S. What does that stand for? The S. Now the S is um is a really interesting one. They Harvard again. Harvard do a lot of these studies, and they've they've conducted, and it's still going on now. It's the longest study into human happiness ever ever conducted. Um, it's over seventy five years strong now, and what they did. Back then, they took a group of um, young adults, all men, and they took half of them from graduates from Harvard and half of them from a, from the slums of Boston. Um, and what they did was they, they monitored and, and uh, assessed this group of, I think it was uh, 763 men over the course of their life. And a lot of these guys, a few of them have passed away now. You know, these are old, old guys now in their 80s, 90s. And they, it was a very in-depth study. They looked at all their medical records. They asked, sent them questionnaires. They went to their house and visited with them, asked them questions about their lifestyle, what they did, what they ate. You know, they spoke to their spouses and their partners about their general well-being, what they're up to and how they are. And what they found, that there was a lot of, conclusions from this study but the overriding conclusion they found was that those people regardless of where they started off in life those people that had a strong connection with friends with family with community in a, in a social sense those people that were socially connected well 
were the happiest. And, and you know, it's something that I think, I know for me personally, uh, probably because of my background with the depression and everything, I've been one of these guys that, you know, I don't really need to see people. I'm okay on my own and I, I just let me get on with me. I, you know, I don't need, you know, oh, it's a hassle to go out and see people. But th that was a turning point when I sort of, the light bulb went off and I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to make an effort with this. And, um, you know, that, they proved that the guys that were very socially connected and well socially connected, they, their blood pressure was lower. They had physical benefits mm. as well. Um, so it actually increases longevity of life, which is just yeah. found really. So I think it's fantastic. So, so, so we do a couple of things which takes less than a minute, which in this 15 minute part, of the, my big my big system where I ask people to just send two or do two things each day that might encourage a bit of sociability. So whether that's looking into a new group or a sport you might you know like to join or something that you'd like to volunteer at and help out, or even if it's just a text to an old friend that you haven't seen for years just to say how are you doing, It'd be nice to catch up. Yeah. You know, and they're only very very tiny things, but it just builds on sociability and, and helps people stay connected. Great. So breathing, exercise, gratitude, sociability. Yeah, cool. Um, I want to ask you about a few other things. We've got uh, seven, eight minutes left to, to go. Um, you talk about happiness being a skill. I guess what you're referring to there is that, you know, using that big system or any other system, you can encourage happiness. You can change your physiology. There's lots you can do to energize and vitalize yeah. yourself. Um, what can people do to try and increase their happiness? You've, you've mentioned some of these things here, but what in your experience are some of the other things that they can do to try and increase happiness? I think, I mean, apart from the, not the obvious, but the, the sort of standard practices that we've talked about, the, yeah. the, those four areas which are actionable things you can do. I think a, a real key to it is to know yourself. So, if you know that you don't particularly like a certain thing or even a group of people, but you're in that group of people or you're doing that certain mm. thing, there is nobody holding a gun to anybody's head saying you have to do that job or you have to go to that event or you have to mm. see the people. You know, it's just having a, a little bit of self-respect and a little bit of self-care actually to, to, to yourself um, to say, well, you know what? It, it's not really serving me. I don't need to do it, I don't have to do it. I will do something that I know benefits me. So just having that self-care and that awareness, and I think the awareness is key. You have to know yourself. Yeah. I think if you know yourself very well, you can then choose the things that you know will benefit you. Yeah. We're all on this you know, planet for a very short time, so you may as well do the things that you get the most enjoyment out of yeah. while we're you know. Yeah, I agree. I'm like we talk a lot about surrounding yourself with positive people and not sort of happy, clappy, always, always positive no. people, but with a positive outlook that are also comfortable in their own skin. They're doing things that, that make them happy. Um, people that help encourage you or challenge you, but encourage you to grow and develop. And I think that's yeah. that's super important. I know that on your website, which again I'll link to, you talk about laughter as a medicine. How oh, does that yeah. how does work, work practically in uh, in your world? Well, do you know what? Laughter's a funny thing, pardon the fun. But, um, you know, I did a lot of studying again around and around laughter and happiness. And, and, and the thing with laughter, it's a bit like the, the gratitude thing and that your brain can't differentiate between a thought 
of, of you being grateful to actually being grateful in that moment that the same chemicals are released now and i've done this it it at first it feels very bizarre and weird you feel a little bit odd but i'll be driving in my car and it, I, I i actually I, I challenge you to just try it because it, it really works just start laughing not for don't you don't even need to think about something that's funny or, or anything happen that's funny but it, if you can just start laughing for no reason you will get the same benefits as if you're, you know, I don't know, watching Michael McIntyre and you're, you're belly laughing because the same chemicals are released, your physiology changes, and, and you're getting those same benefits. Mm. And, um, you know, because I was so depressed and had manic depression and bipolar, when you're in that state, it is very, very hard. And I understand, and I think this is why I get, you know, I can really connect with people that are having troubles on that front. But if you can just sit up in bed or stand up, change your physiology, put your shoulders back, put your head up, look to the sky, even just pump your chest a couple of times, jump up and down if you can, and just force yourself to laugh, that will probably take 10, 20 seconds. But the benefit to your body physically and, and your mind mentally hmm. is fantastic. And laughter is something that you can do which... You know, we, we tend to think that, oh, I have to be with someone funny or something has to happen funny for me to laugh. That, that, that's not the case. You yeah. can still, it's a little bit odd, <laughs> so, but it, it works. And, mm. and I, that's quite important to spread that message because because it is so beneficial to us as, as humans. And um, when I think we realise that, you know, we can get that benefit without any external influence, it, it's, it's a great thing. And, yeah. you know, who doesn't like a good laugh? I think oh. it was Charles Chaplin that said, a day without laughter is a day wasted. And I, I think he's right. Yeah, that's a good quote. Um, <laughs> what, when you have low points, as I'm sure you do, what do you do to to push yourself through them, to, to come out the other side? What, what's your kind of go-to or your non-negotiable things that you, you've got in place? Well, yeah, that's a very good question because I do still have my down times. And, um, you know, like we said at the very beginning, life is messy there will be things that that pop up that do make you sad we, we all get sad and and i actually i before i get into that i just want to say i'm not one of these i'm not happy clappy at all and i don't believe in all this positivity if there's a load of negative stuff going on you know i think it's good if there's if there's bad stuff in your life it's good to go there and and grieve and and get sad because we need we need to do that but i think what the, the, the danger is is when we go to that place and we stay there for too long. Hmm. It's good to grieve and be sad and get depressed and really down, have a good cry. There's nothing wrong in that. It's healthy. But but what I found is because I'm now habitually sort of wired for good well-being, my resilience is really good. Hmm. And the res resilience is the R in the grow part of my begs and grow system. So I bounce back quicker. Um, and that's just through the trainings and the skills that I've developed and learned. But I suppose in answer to your question, when I do get sad, I it's more effort for me to get to the gym, for example, or walk the dog, or whatever it is that I know that is good for me. So go and get a massage, something that is a bit of a treat for me. So I, I, I will, you know, you, you have to be self-aware, like we were saying, and, and and when I do go to those dark, and sometimes I go to, you know, quite dark places i get quite depressed sometimes but it doesn't last a long time that's the great thing you know it will be 
a few hours or a day tops and now back to how I was whereas years ago it could go on for weeks yeah. months and I guess that's because you've got that de that daily or certainly regular practice that's yes I think it's just knowing and, and mm. keeping yourself in, in a holistic sense or strong and fit yes yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and knowing the things that you everyone will be different we're all unique and individual so what you need you need to find out what those things are for you mm. that are your go-to places that when you're down a little bit you know you know it might be phoning a friend a really close friend that you just have a good chat to you know that you've got three or four places or people or things that you can do that you know will make you feel better yeah. and you know once you know that and once you've learned the tools and the the skills to create a, a better life and happiness and well-being, you know, you've you've got the toolkit then to to, to just get on with that. So I encourage people to have um, a, a, just a card or a piece of paper, the in case of emergency card. So if something's parachuted in and ruined your day or you've had some bad news you're feeling low you get that card out right there are my three non-negotiables i will do my meditation even if it's just going to be three minutes yeah. i'm going to make sure i'm in bed by a certain time i'm going to make sure i phone someone to tell them how i'm feeling whatever it is for, for you as an individual um it but it just makes it simple then doesn't it so it's all, there's yes. no decisions to be made just get that paper out what does it say i'm going to do that yeah, um, I just want to ask one more question before we, we wrap up. What else do you do for what, what I call heartfulness? So things that trigger oxytocin, that, that bonding connection hormone. Um, what do you do for, for fun or for altruistic or for contribution? Oh, wow. Well, for fun, well, you'll have to forgive me, actually, Dan, because I'm actually sitting here in my biking gear. I've just come back from <laughs> bike ride with a mate, right. which... I love, you know, I'm part of the biking group. We go every Thursday and sometimes if I can make it on a Sunday. The, the sun's out here today. It was cold, but it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I just had a blast for an hour and a half through on my bike. You, I've actually, you've just I, rescued I a deer, haven't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you I, see that? Oh, yeah, I just yes. jumped on your Twitter no, page. I thought, let's see what he's up to before I interview him. Uh, with a Premier League oh, footballer. <laughs> Premier, yes, I know. So you, what you are the have... chances of that? Yeah, well, I've seen yeah, the picture, Wilshire, so it is true. So, you rescued a deer with Jack Wilshire, so that's heartfulness in and of itself. That is, but I guess very, that's not yes, your yeah, every that, every Tuesday afternoon. No, I mean from an altruistic and a you know the, the G in the grow is generosity, the, right, the, the okay. grow part of my system. Yeah. But from an altruistic point of view, and proven again that when you're generous and you're giving of yourself and you're helping other people, it's actually so beneficial to you. So it's actually selfish in a way mm. and what I do I don't, I don't do it all the time but I, I do lots of things but one of the, the things I like to do sometimes because it's just a bit of fun and it makes me feel good it's what it comes down to I don't want this to come across like I'm some sort of fantastic nice generous person you know this is ultimately for me mm. but if I'm in a coffee shop and I, I only really do it when it's very quiet there's no one in there because uh, it could be a little bit well not embarrassing but I'll buy a coffee and I'll just say there's three pound fifty, and just can you whoever comes in next? Can you just say this copy's on us? You know, and and it's just something that, that you what what they found is that if you can do acts of generosity where there is absolutely nothing in it for you, yeah. and there's no sort of agenda, and it's just just because you're being nice and kind, you know, it's beneficial. And on and obviously you're making somebody else's day good as well. So yeah, that's that's one thing I. So. yeah brilliant okay that's all we've got time for unfortunately but it's a nice place to leave it as well and i hope that this podcast 
um, has done something for us, for somebody listening, has made a significant impact uh-huh. to someone someone listening, and I'm sure it will have done. Dan, thanks very much for your time. Um, I will My link to, to all your social media connections and your website and everything we've talked about. If you've got the Harvard study on the social connections with the 760 men, that would be great for me to link to. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you very much, Dan. Thank you, Leanne. Lovely talking to you.